I had mapped out um, in January of 2019, my product funnel. Like I knew I was going to start with a one-on-one course, the basics, the posing, the like, I I knew what I was going to be. And I started talking to people who I thought would be into it about it. And they're like, oh, that sounds nice. That's cool. So, and so I'm like, but like, it's going to be great. It's going to have 12 modules. And so I start listing all of the, you know, parts of the course, but that's not how it works. And I think that that's where a lot of new course creators fail fast is they don't have the foundation of having a community and people who trust them and you pouring into them and giving them free content for a long period of time. If they want one of those huge launches that you hear about, that's kind of the work that you have to put in. And it's not something that anyone wants to hear. Like, I don't want to work for nine months before I launch my course. And you don't have to, but if you want a good launch, when you put out your course out there, you want a 10 grand launch day. You want something that's going to, you know, blow up. That's kind of the work that you have to put in is starting with that foundational community where you're pouring into them and they're trusting you like a relationship. Regular people are taking their knowledge and content, packaging it up in an online course, and they're making a living doing it. But not everyone is successful with online courses. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. And I'm here to help course creators actually succeed with online courses. Hi, I'm Jacques Hopkins, and this is The Online Course Show. Hey everyone, it's Jacques and welcome back to the online course show. You know, in the in the intro bumper, if you will, that we've had on this podcast for years, I say there's a right way and there's a wrong way to online courses. And I'm here to help course creators actually succeed with online courses. And the thing is that, yeah, there's, there's right ways to do it and there's wrong ways. I, I don't think that there's necessarily one exact right path to succeeding with an online course business. But I would say there's some things like we can throw them over here in one bucket that are good things, right ways to do things. And then there's another bucket, like the wrong bucket. Like, no, this is, this is not a good way to do it. Like, Hey, let's build a course with zero audience. Let's launch it thinking that just because we built it, people are going to come flocking to it. I would throw that in the wrong way bucket. And so I wanted to clarify that, but also lean in on some of the right ways, and specifically, one of the things that my guest on today's episode did really, really right, and that was how she cultivated and built an audience first before she even thought about building a course. My guest today, you'll hear from shortly, is Brittany Bruce. She is absolutely awesome. Fun fact for you, she actually for a long time lived in in a suburb of the city that I live in here in Louisiana, just a little outside of New Orleans. I live in Baton Rouge, and she lives in a suburb of Baton Rouge. It's not often I get to meet people that are in this world of online business and online courses in my local area. I mean, I've got a global audience here on this podcast. We've got a global audience in the OCG coaching program. And the guests we've had on have been from from all over the world, not just not just my local area, not just my country here in the United States, but it is in fact global, which is one of the things I love most about this. But a couple of years ago, I was part of a mastermind with about 12 online business owners. 
And when it first started, everybody was kind of going around introducing themselves. And Brittany, the, my guest today, was in that mastermind, and I had no clue that somebody else was there like that lived near me. It was really cool when I found out the city that she actually lived in. Now, she has since, because of the success of her online course business, left this area and moved to the beach, which is something that you know, we may do one day. I absolutely love the beach, but I met her through that mastermind and she was living local to me. And now she, uh, now she's living the dream at the beach, which is really cool and starting a new business that she's truly passionate about now. But going back to what I was saying about, you know, the right way, the wrong way, one of the really, really right ways to go about this whole thing is start cultivating your audience, start building community. Now, lately I've been talking about Maybe the best place to do that is like with Instagram Reels or maybe TikTok, YouTube Shorts. Some of this shorter form content seems to be getting people results and gaining a following faster than other forms of content. But you know, one way to do that that I haven't been talking about on this podcast a lot lately because I feel like it was more popular a few years back, but it is still working to an extent today. And this is how Brittany did it was with a Facebook group. And so probably the... The part of the story of her story that I like most is how when she made a decision to move forward with an online course, and by the way, she was a school teacher. She quit that whenever she and her husband decided to start having kids. She has four kids now, pretty incredible. And then when it became time where she felt like she needed to go back to work, she didn't want to go back to being a teacher. She didn't know anything about photography, but that appealed to her. So she started a photography business and took a bunch of online courses to learn how to do that. And when she was taking those courses, she was like, oh, I could do this even better. So she did the photography business for a while, and then she decided to make an online course business around that. But when she made that decision to start an online course business, she didn't immediately start making courses. She started a Facebook group. She and, and she cultivated that. She went live in that Facebook group, answered questions. She really put everything into that Facebook group for nine months. But just a couple of years later, she did seven figures in one year. And I think that when you build things on a really strong foundation, that's when you get rewarded for it. There's not always shortcuts. Now, do you need to cultivate it for nine months? No, not necessarily nine months, but I do think that is a great place to start serving people, giving value and getting feedback and seeing what's resonating. And that is one of my favorite parts about this story that you're about to hear from Brittany. And now today she just literally lets her online photography education business, that online course business, just run like she does very very little with with it at this point she has essentially retired to the beach and now she's focused on a completely other business and the very passive now online course business is now funding this new venture and this new lifestyle they have which is really 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 cool so we're about to get into that full conversation but first today's episode is brought to you by one of my favorite softwares in my stack, and that is Deadline Funnel. Deadline Funnel has supported this show for quite some time now. I love everybody I've ever interacted with at Deadline Funnel, from the owner, Jack Bourne, to their the marketing people. Their customer support people are just, I've, I've actually reached out to the creator of Deadline Funnel before, Jack Bourne, who you know, he's been on the podcast years ago, uh, about, hey, how do you hire such amazing customer support people? Like, I wanna have support people as good as yours. Can you give me your secrets on that? So they have just amazing customer support. But if you're not familiar with Deadline Funnel, it is a software that allows you to do evergreen 
deadlines. So some of you, you know, fully understand what that is. Some of you maybe don't understand what that is, but it is an essential part of an evergreen funnel is to kind of be able to give everybody that comes into your world their own unique deadline, which is a critical part to urgency, which is a critical part to increasing your overall sales of your online course. It's a little funny because in terms of, you know, we're talking about the right way to do things, the wrong way to do things. You'll hear in this conversation with Brittany that she's actually she's actually encouraging people to buy with some urgency with an evergreen funnel and isn't actually using deadline funnels. So that's a that's an interesting part of this conversation that you'll hear for sure. And many of you that have been listening to this podcast for a while will know how I stand on that. Hey, when we say like a deadline's coming or something's going away at a certain time, like let's make sure it actually goes away. Let's let's be ethical marketers. Let's always tell the truth. And so that is one thing that I would probably tweak about Brittany's business as it stands now. And that would be to implement deadline funnel. And a lot of successful course creators are using it, using it very effectively. I've used it in my piano business for gosh, at least six years now, maybe even seven. And it is absolutely incredible and directly responsible for uh, for revenue, like without deadline funnel, there's no doubt we would be making far less money with my piano course. So if you have a course business and you're not using deadline funnel, I would definitely encourage you to check it out, to use it. And when you use the special link that they have for us, you can double your free trial. They have a two week free trial. Normally you can double that by heading to deadlinefunnel.com slash OCG. Once again, that's deadlinefunnel.com slash OCG, which stands for online course guy, if that wasn't obvious. So with all of that being said, let's get on to this fantastic and super inspirational conversation with Brittany Bruce. You're going to hear the origin story, how she got into it, how she ramped up very quickly and got to seven figures back in 2021, and how she has somewhat ramped down from there to let it really serve her lifestyle really, really well and get to a point where she's doing exactly what she's that what she wants to be doing. So lots of great golden nuggets. Without further ado, let's go ahead and play that full conversation. Hi, Brittany. Welcome to the Online Course Show. Hey, Jacques. How are you? It's good. It's good to see you. You're looking well. I think that uh, one day, maybe I'll join you, like move to the beach. That's on my radar, possibly one day. Maybe when I'm 60, maybe when I'm 40, who knows? But congratulations on getting down there before I did. Yeah, 10 out of 10 recommend. <laughs> when, uh, when did courses first get on your radar as far as that's something that you wanted to pursue? That's something you wanted to make for yourself? Um, so when I started in a business, I was a stay at home mom. Um, and I had retired from education. I was a public school teacher. So teaching had always been on my radar. Um, but I knew, you know, when we had the twins and then we had another one shortly after that, um, I knew that that was just not feasible to get paid a teacher's salary with three babies and diapers. So I started, photography, like every mom picked up my camera, started photography. And at the time that was around 2016, at the time courses were really starting to kind of pop up in photography land. And so, you know, I had thought about going back to school and get my photography, photography degree, but then a couple Google searches. And I realized that courses were the easiest and cheapest route to go. So I started taking photography courses and as I was taking them and learning my camera and starting to shoot and starting the business, um, 
you know, like any consumer, you think, oh, I would do this differently, or I would do this better, or I would teach this this way because it's simpler. And, or maybe that's just my teacher mind. I don't know. Um, and so it wasn't, it was maybe 15 months in to learning photography and running a photography business that I was like, I'm going to make a course <laughs> because I knew I saw things differently. I could teach things differently. Um, and so it was around, you know, 2019 that I was just, I was ready to go all in. The motivation for becoming a photographer to begin with was, was primarily money-based. It was money. Yeah. I mean, we had, we were living on one income and had three babies in diapers. So it was, I needed more money. I needed an income. Um, and two, I needed to get out of the house. So, um, that was the motivation there. And that as anyone starts their business, you know, I think, how do I make more money is always just somewhere in the back of their mind at one point or another. Um, and I saw how much I paid for courses. (laughs) And so it was one of those things where I was like, I'm getting on this train. I could see how the train is moving faster and getting bigger. Um, and I didn't want to miss out on that. You mentioned the like courses, plural multiple times now, like you took multiple photography courses when you were getting started. Yeah. Um, that was one of the things that I noticed because I had to learn light. I had to learn posing. I had to learn business. I had to learn the actual camera. I had to learn flash. I had to learn, um, weddings. I had to learn newborns. I had to learn. So then there's all these niches in photography, seniors, families. Um, and so, yeah, I had to buy tons of courses. And that was one of the things that I was like, here's a problem. There needs to be almost like a one, one, you know, show one platform, one place that can give me these things in an order where I'm not having to learn from a bunch of different people. Um, and so again, all of these, none of that is wrong. Like if a, if a, you know, you teach piano, you know, you don't teach the oboe and drums and, you know, but if somebody wants to be a musician of all the things, they'd have to go to multiple. So I'm not saying that, you know, niching way down to one thing is wrong. Um, but it was one of those things that I was like, man, this is a problem for me, which means it's probably a problem for somebody else, which then inspired my academy, which is kind of an all-in-one. Stuff. How much would you say you spend on courses? It's kind of embarrassing to say. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to answer. <laughs> I would say between, I don't know, probably up to five to six thousand dollars. On I don't think I don't think that's embarrassing. I think it shows that you like you've been. It, it feels like everything you touch becomes successful because you there's a there. I've, I've followed you for a few years now, and you've you've done several different things from the photography itself, photography courses. You have some new stuff. Um, you have some, something launching a podcast launching shortly that I'm sure will be successful. I want to talk to you about that. Um, but it shows that you're willing to invest in learning at at the forefront of getting it. So I I don't think that's embarrassing in any way, shape or form, Yeah. but people do say like, you've got to niche down. Like you can't just release a photography course. Like you've got to find your niche within photography. 
Right. So like, where do you draw the line with like being all encompassing in a one stop shop and niching down? So my niche is more of a person and less of a topic, which I know that sounds crazy, but um, my niche is beginner photographers. And with that comes really, really, really simplifying complex concepts, um, terminology. And so I teach, you know, for in the photography realm, I teach like the basics of photography, your camera, focus, how to take a photo in the most basic form. And then the next step is posing so that now that you will have the camera now, what do I do with this body in front of me? And with that, I teach how to pose one person, which is like a senior, a bride, one person, a brand client, how to pose two people, which could be couples, maternity and her husband, um, engagements, how to pose three or more. And so I didn't niche down into one photography niche, but I niched down into breaking down the topic for the beginner photographer, which then led to business, which then led to um, how to do many sessions, which is a big moneymaker. And then the last we have in our product funnel is flash, which is the scary, most scariest part for um, beginner photographers. And so I kind of lead them down through each course, a curriculum per se, um, for the beginner photographer. So that by the time they get to the end, they'll know a little bit more about themselves to then say, okay, I think I'm really into weddings. Now that I've shot everything, I'm comfortable with everything. One person, two people, families, large group. Then I lead them to someone else, which I then affiliate for mm. and I lead them to a wedding photographer, educator, a senior photographer, educator. And so I'm kind of like, Step one, I'm like kindergarten and I help them go to the next level. Yeah, so it sounds it sounds like you're the piano in 21 days of photography. Cause like I, I always say, like I take yeah, a complete beginner yes. to but but to competency. Like we don't we don't do the advanced stuff. Like once you finish right. my program, if you need to keep learning, that's somebody else. That's not me. Right. right. Exactly. And that's I think um, and that's where true, not true passive income, but if you can get their, their foundation set and then say, okay, I've given you the basics of flash. This is flash photography one-on-one. Now I want you to meet my friend, Mary, who teaches all the crazy types of flash where you're using three different flash setups at a wedding. And oh yeah, here's my affiliate link. (laughs) Right. And it sounds like you went down this path a lot based on your own experience. Like you're, you put together what you would have needed back when you were a teacher, or when you were first getting started, yeah. you, you didn't, you, you, I'm guessing you didn't have very much photography experience when you got started. Oh, I didn't have any. I had, I had the camera still in the box, like at the top of, you know, and like everybody's like, oh, I can do this. This is not hard. I mean, I have a camera, you just click the button. Um, but instead of kind of like, getting the courses from one person. It was about a dozen photography educators. And so that can be overwhelming, learning different ways from different people. Um, and so I really think that, you know, you said everything you touch is successful. I really don't think it it is the because I've done anything crazy or, I mean, I have four kids, like I, my life is nutty, but I think, you know, to your students listening, 
when you're building courses, kind of how you talk about a course business, you have to kind of think down the road. You know, you kind of have to have that, you know, foresight to see, okay, if I build this course, what's my next course that they would need? And then what's the next one after that? So that you keep your client, your student longer, spending more money with you for a longer term. But it sounds like from your experience, that doesn't even have to be, that course doesn't even have to be made by you. Like, even if that vision is somebody else's course, like my endpoint will be a perfect starting point for this other course that happens to have an amazing affiliate program and can still serve them. Yeah. After I made the flash course, which is the end of our product funnel, that's like kind of like our big finale. I knew after teaching that course, I'd never wanted to talk about flash again because it doesn't light me up, but I partnered with someone who does. And, you know, kind of, I told them like, I lay the foundation. This is my people. They have all the foundation of posing and lighting and flash and all the things, but they really need you. So let's kind of get together. And it's been, um, a really, really cool partnership and, yeah, I mean, you can do that with any niche. People do ask me about that quite a bit. And I've, I've quote unquote partnered with people on courses before, but it's more been about, Hey, I'll give you this like one time fee for the mm. course. And then I own it. And now it's like, now, even though they're the instructor on the camera, it's my course. I can sell it. I can do whatever I want. What did, what did your partnership look like? So basically I would get an, a percentage of the course sales that she gets from my people. So it's like any product affiliate, you know, she gets notified. I have a, I have a specific link and it's actually the last lesson in my flash course from there. If they choose to continue, they click the link and then it goes to her page, which then she pays me monthly on and that. So it's no extra work on my part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just one way to do it. Sure. Yeah, there's there's plenty of ways. Uh, all right. So you you're a photographer. That's very successful. But you remember spending all this money on courses. Probably like the idea of making money while you slept instead of having to be at a wedding or out of you know taking pictures of infants and whatnot. Um, so you make a decision that you know you can do this. Was it easy? No, definitely not. Um, I think walking into it, I assumed it would be easy because the word passive income implies that it's passive. It's not. Um, I think I learned real quick that, and you said it in one of your episodes and it's basic business is that if you build it, they won't come. (laughs) Um, If you build it, they will come only if they trust you. Um, And that is something that I, I feel like I learned fairly quickly. Um, and that's why I started, which is kind of not normal. I started with pouring into a community on Facebook. I made my own community so that I could build that trust. Um, and so I poured into that community for nine months before I launched my course to them. So I knew I wanted to have a photography one-on-one course. Like I knew I had, I, I mean, I was, it's so funny. I was looking at my past journals of from 2019, whenever you asked to 
I'm like one of those weirdos who journal all the time. Um, when you asked me to come on the show, I was looking at my 2019 journal on just kind of like my feelings and what I was going through and all things during that season. And I had mapped out um, in January of 2019, my product funnel. Like I knew I was going to start with a one-on-one course, the basics, the posing, the like, I, like I knew what I was going to be. Um, and I started talking to people who I thought would be into it about it. Um, and they're like, oh, that sounds nice. That's cool. So, and so I'm like, but like, it's going to be great. It's going to have 12 modules. And so I start listing all of the, you know, parts of the course, but that's not how it works. And I think that that's where a lot of new, um, course creators fail fast is they don't have the foundation of having a community and people who trust them and you pouring into them and giving them free content um, for a long period of time. If they want one of those huge launches that you hear about, that's kind of the work that you have to put in. Um, And it's not something that anyone wants to hear. Like, I don't want to work for nine months before I launch my course. And you don't have to. But if you want a good launch, when you put out your course out there, you want a 10 grand launch day, you want something that's going to, you know, blow up. That's kind of the work that you have to put in is starting with that foundational community where you're pouring into them and they're trusting you like a relationship. For you, that was a Facebook group, mm-hmm. just a Facebook group. It was just a Facebook group. It was no, just a Facebook group. no Instagram, no YouTube. It was just a Facebook group. No. And here's why, because I didn't have, you know, Jacques Hopkins with, the, I didn't have, you know, anyone pouring into me. I was kind of like figuring out on my own. And that was, you know, the path of least resistance at the time. I was like, I know Facebook, I can make a group. And so I made a Facebook group and I started sharing it to my personal account and had my mom and my sister and my best friend shared on their account. If you want to learn photography, come to this group. And so slowly, but surely people started pouring in as I was just showing up live and teaching what I knew. Showing up live. That sounds scary. Um, it was for about the first thousand times. And then after that, it got a lot more natural. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I would just show up live for about 10 minutes and I would talk about a camera setting they might be missing out on. What kind of camera should they buy? Um, how to find good light, just anything that I could teach them with. But then I started doing ask me anything. I started having them ask me questions, anything that they would want. And from there, I got confirmation of like what kind of lessons to put in my courses. So all of that nine months wasn't just wasted. It was just, it was market research. Um, And so when the course launched, the first course launched, it was stuff that they actually wanted to know and they had questions about. Because you knew you you knew without without a shadow of a doubt because they had literally been asking you for nine months. For nine. I'm sure you got some of the same questions over and over again, and those are definitely ones you addressed in the course. And that was I I think I had mentioned um, I made a mini session course, which in photography land these are like fifteen to twenty minute family sessions. People pay a lot more for a lot less. It's for family photos, fall pictures, Christmas cards. Okay, 
I had that question that that was not a part of my product funnel, but I had questions about many sessions, those throughout those nine months, more than any other question. Mm -hmm. And so I knew this is a course, this in and of itself is a course. Um, And so it's, it's, it's one of those things that if you solve their problems, (laughs) if you answer their questions, they're going to keep coming back like kittens, like who are trying to, you know, if you keep feeding them, they're going to keep coming back. If you answer their questions, they're going to keep coming back to you. Um, and you can launch your courses more with confidence. Yeah. Sometimes we just assume that we know the problems people are having. And so we build we build the solution for it and launch it and are surprised when nobody buys it. But yeah. the the easiest path to success is when we solve problems we we know people are already having because they're literally asking us specifically they're asking us mm-hmm. um, and telling us about those problems. Mm-hmm. That's right. You you do make it sound a little bit easy, um, but I know I know it, it it probably wasn't. If so, we're talking about about four years ago. You start the Facebook group. By the time you launched the course, how many people were in that Facebook group? I would say roughly 500 people. Oh, okay. Nine months. Um, And that was after a lot of sharing it and asking them to share it to their people. Um, You know, that I hate that it sounds that it was easy because it was not easy. (laughs) Um, It just took a lot of consistency and perseverance because, you know, that's a really vulnerable thing to do. Um, I was technically still a very new photographer. I was retraining my community that like I was a photographer, not a teacher. And then I had to retrain them that I'm a photography educator. And so sharing that with your personal account, it's freaking scary. I mean, who knows what people were saying behind closed doors. Um, but I feel like, and I, you know, say this to my kids, like the outcome of what you want has to mean more to you than your uncomfortable self today. And so it's like, it's going to be uncomfortable to do these things. You're going to have to be vulnerable. You're going to have to go live, share something, be vulnerable. But at the end of the day, once the the course was launched and we made 10 grand day one, it was like, oh, I can do this times 10. So it kind of get getting through, it's like working out, getting through the first, you know, soreness of being uncomfortable. It's, it's just worth it. And that, I mean, I wish I could tell you that it was easy. It's not. No, I definitely know it wasn't easy. Um, I I know some people listening would be like, Oh, I just need to go create a Facebook group. And nine months later, it'll have a big enough audience to build my course. And I know it's not nine months is a long time to wait for something. You know, yes. like from conception to birth, literally, you know, like it's a very long time to pour into people. And so I definitely, I can't say it's a proven concept. It was for me. And it's something that I'm recreating again. Um, and I've seen the fruits of that. So um, the worst thing that you can do is try it, make a group, make a community, pour into them. The worst that's going to happen is that you change their life before your course is launched. They don't buy the course. You still pour into them and serve them. Well, it's it's really, I think it's encouraging to hear that 
I mean, I'm going to use the word only 500 people after nine months. Um, but I don't like, I don't mean to take that lightly because I know like 500 can still be a massive, a massive audience. And those are 500 like individual people that you probably, you know, changed a lot of their, their lives. Um, uh, but 500 people like, and then you, you had a five figure launch. Where did it go from there in terms of trying to try to make that, um, keep that momentum going and continue to grow it because you don't want to just make $10,000 one time and then that be it. Yeah. So that's a really funny question because after the launch, um, and you know, that was like a nine, nine month runway. We launched the first course. 10 grand in a day, which, you know, at the time I was a stay-at-home mom, I was making $0. So that was like a really big deal. Um, after that, I was like, oh crap, like now what do I do? Like now what do I do with these people with, you know? Um, but I think that what I got out of that is number one, finally, I got some reviews. So I was able to beef up my sales page. Um, I knew it was a you know, it was a proven, proven concept. It was, they, they implemented it and it worked. And so I'm like, okay, I, I felt like a lot of confidence came after that to put my head down and get to work and make another course. Because I felt like I was in that, that high, um, myself and my students. And I, I did. I made the next course after that. Um, pretty much a large percentage of who bought that one bought the next one plus more, because I feel like it's kind of like when you launch anything, um, you have your diehards who are going to buy the first round or listen to the first podcast or, you know, download the first thing. But once they see that you've done it before, other people are going to jump on and, and do it again. Um, so, and again, I know that that sounds easy, like, oh, just keep making courses. Um, but one, one of the things that I did, and I think we had talked about this when we were in the mastermind together is I realized how much the first one sucked <laughs> after, <laughs> after I made it and, and rewatched it and then made another one. I'm like, this one's so much better. Um, and so it's kind of one of those things where you go back, you up you update it, you upgrade it, you add more videos, you take out the stuff that doesn't work. You listen to your students. Um, I mean, I took out an entire module that was just irrelevant to what they needed and added a different one. Um, and so that first course that you launch, if this is where your listeners are at, that first course, um, it's going to be your baby, but also know that like, it's going to be probably the worst one that you do. Um, so you learn from it, you keep going in that, if in that case, like why was your, after the first launch, why was your next thought in terms of how do we keep making making money with this? Why was your first thought to make another course? Why not try to find new people for the first course or revamp the first course based on the feedback and then try to get new people into it? I had this product funnel in my head. I, 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 and I know that this probably doesn't make any sense and maybe this is not recommended. Um, <laughs> I had almost like, I wanted to create a Netflix series of courses 
season one was launched and it was a hit. And I knew if I launched season two, people would see, oh, she's got two seasons in her Netflix show. It must be worth watching. You know how like when you see a Netflix, and maybe this is just my, this is just us. When we see a Netflix show and it only has one season, we're like, oh, maybe <laughs> it just didn't make it, you know? Uh, and so, but you see it has nine seasons and you're like, wow, this thing is legit. Um, and maybe that was my mindset. I don't know, but I had this product funnel in my head and I couldn't get it. I couldn't get it out. So I was right. I was just pumped to do the next one. And I knew it was going to help my people. I knew they needed the next one. Um, so in hindsight, I probably should have made the first one better and upgraded. Cause I didn't do that until months later. Um, I, I just knew what my people needed and they needed the next course. So it was for my own, uh, my own desire to be filled, but also like, I knew they needed posing. I knew they needed to know what to do with people when people come in front of their camera. Um, and I knew I could make it. And after you make that first one, the second one comes a lot quicker because you learn a lot. Um, and yeah, we launched it and did it again. Everybody's got their own perspectives. I've never thought about courses like that. But that's that's what was in your head, and it's obviously worked for for me. You know, ten years ago, I'm like, well, it's called piano in 21 days. Like everything I have to teach you about piano is in this course that you're in 21 days. Like I had I had no second season. <laughs> and that's the thing. I, I feel like with courses, though, with, and everybody's going to be different. Every somebody might have one course and will only need one course, and it's going to be awesome. Um, I don't know. I just, this is what I always saw from the very, very beginning before I had even launched the first one. I saw this course series. Um, what so. did you price? What did you price that first course at? 297 was the first course. Um, and it was a, it was a smaller, it was like a six module, smaller course. Um, and then the next one was 597 um and it sold and then we kind of like went back to the 297 deal after that because i you know when you hit that certain price range you have to really convince people that it's life changing mm -hmm. did you struggle a lot of people struggle with pricing they're like it's, do yeah. i do i charge 99 bucks do i charge $2000 like oh, did you did you struggle with pricing yeah, definitely. Because when you put so much work in it, you want to price it at two grand because you know <laughs> the work that went in it and you know the transformation that comes after it. Um, but yeah, there I have learned so much about pricing, just pricing psychology, emotional pricing, like how and women do that. I feel like women struggle with pricing things emotionally. Um, cause when you launch something, it's your baby and you put high, high value on it and you have to kind of take the emotion out and think about the market, um, and think about the different price levels and how it's going to sell and how much you're willing to market it and how much you're willing to, um, you know, kind of post launch moving long-term. I think that that's something that everyone struggles with and 
that's why they need mentors like you. (laughs) (laughs) Help them get through that big hurdle. That's probably one of the biggest hurdles. I just I just cooked up this question on, on pricing because people really do struggle with it. But I'm curious your perspective on it. Like, let's say the goal is is hundred thousand dollars in sales, and you make a course. It's the exact same course no matter what you price it at. Would you rather sell it at a hundred dollars and what's the math there? A thousand copy and sell a thousand copies, or price it at a thousand dollars and sell a hundred copies, or price it at ten thousand dollars and sell ten copies? Same exact course. Would you rather? Mm. My gut is to sell it at a hundred dollars. And I think that that's, I, again, I don't know if that's a female thing. Um, I, there's probably a lot that goes into it with like, you know, worth, like what you feel about yourself. I don't know, maybe like where you're at in your business. If you've been like, you've been selling courses for 10 years, I feel like you could give yourself permission to do the same course and do $10,000 for what would you say? 10 people? What's the math? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like it, it definitely depends on how you view yourself in that mm-hmm. season, wherever you're at, you know, I think it does depend on a lot of, a lot of factors. I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about that exact question. Cause I literally just, just made it up. But the point is like, if, if the goal is money and it, and we want the, the right amount of money for the amount of work we put into it, uh-huh. well, then what does that look like? Because I often think about things like this, especially with pricing is like, what if you had, you know, you're, you're choosing between a thousand dollars and $100 for pricing, but 10 times more people are going to buy it at the hundred dollar price point. Does that change anything? And the factors that would come in is like, you know, if you have more students, do you do you then have to provide more customer support? Right. Mm-hmm. What is the quality of student? Typically, what I've seen is like it's just a it's a higher quality student, meaning they're more likely to um, ask better questions and actually get the results and finish the course if they're paying more upfront. Um, yeah. But at the same time, like if we're actually going to impact all those people that buy it at a hundred dollars, like one of my goals with my courses is impact, like actually having results too. So sounds like a split test needs to be done somewhere. Yeah. And as you were talking, I, I, I remember too, it's really like the proximity to the educator as well. I feel like if you charged a, cor- a, a price of a course at a hundred bucks, you could run funnel and Facebook ad that thing you put a 10,000 price tag on a course, you're going to, I, I just feel like you would have to be more involved in the student process. Whereas, do you see what I'm saying? I do. I mean, that's one of the reasons I said, but it's the same course, right? What I, what I should have said, it's like, it's the same offer. I'm talking about the exact Um, same offer. Like I'm promising the same bonuses, the same interaction, same guarantees and everything. Um, But it's just something interesting to think about. I think it's really interesting how you started, right? Nine months, Facebook group, built it up to 500 people, got a five-figure launch. I really catapulted the entire business because you did it the right way. I feel like Facebook groups were probably more popular four years ago than they are today. So like, and I could be wrong, but like my neck, my immediate question would be like, if you if you were doing it all again, would that be the way you do it? But you are kind of doing it all again. You are creating a second brand. So like, are you or not? A, I don't know if it's your second or your like 18th, but the the latest venture you're doing, like, did you choose to start it with a Facebook group again? So 
it was the first time that I think I looked back and I was like, okay, what worked? What didn't work? There was a lot of things that didn't work. There were a lot of things that I failed on and messed up on. And so I don't want anyone to hear this and be like, oh, this was easy. Success came easy to her. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that I did wrong um, and that I learned from and you move forward. Um, One thing that I know worked was getting to know my students. I know that really learning their pain points and really understanding their struggles is what really created everything after that. Um, And so before the even Facebook group, I hosted a few workshops in my home. And those people were funneled into the Facebook group. So the, those 25 women were the first founding fathers of the Facebook group. Um, and I found that having, you know, it's kind of like disciples. If you can pour into a small group of people, they will then share your gospel to their friends and their family. And so that is what I believe made the foundation and the biggest difference. So it wasn't just a Facebook group. I mean, those women I had already pre-poured into, they learned a lot. They felt loved and seen and served. And so then they, you know, I mean, if you think 25 women who told each of their audiences to come and see the photography education goodness of this group. Um, so that worked and I'm replicating that well, hold on real quick. Like, how did you find the 25? Where did, where did they come from? Um, local community. Um, so teaching photography, it was old ladies from church and, um, uh, business owners who wanted to learn how to take product photos. It was a couple girlfriends. It was my mom. Um, <laughs> was it people that were like, Oh, Brittany, it seems like you've done really well with picking up this photography thing without, you know, having a degree in it or anything like, and, and started asking you questions or are you like proactively being like, Hey, Susan, you ever thought about starting your own photography business? Uh, probably half and half. Uh, it was, yeah, it was people seeing like, Oh, Brittany is doing well with this photography thing. Let me, or I've always wanted to learn this. Um, and so i got them into my home. I think I charged maybe a hundred bucks and I taught them all day. Um, and those were my first disciples. I hate to like, you know, I don't want to be like sacrilegious or anything, but like that's, it's the same concept. I call it the Jesus marketing plan. Like the same (laughs) concept. Okay. Like he poured into 12 people who then, I mean, 2000 years later, we're still talking about them. So this go round. I, before I launched my new brand and Facebook group and all the things, I hosted a retreat and a lot of people from my local community, from my hometown, they came to this retreat. I called it sailor revival. It's basically like church camp for women. And, um, I sat with them and I asked them their struggles, their pain points, what, you know, and they told me, (laughs) you just have to ask, um, our Facebook group now has close to 300 people in it because they are sharing and people are coming. Um, And so I'm replicating that because I know the foundation and I know the impact that it can make further years down the road. Um, So that is something that, you know, I don't know, I don't have a course funnel for this one. I don't have, I don't see what's next. 
Um, but what I do know is that foundation has worked and it's working again. Um, and so I'm just going to trust <laughs> that we can replicate. And you say Facebook groups aren't a thing anymore. I think, I think that there may, they may not be as beneficial as they were in 2019, 2020. Um, but it's working. And if you can create it as an opt-in to join your group, I mean, that's emails. So you're making a new list. You're starting from the ground up. It takes, it takes some work. It takes content marketing, takes serving them, but that is your first group of disciples that you can pour into and then let them tell their friends. I'm not suggesting Facebook groups aren't working. I just think they like maybe peaked probably around four years ago. Like they were all the rage. And now you hear, you hear less and less about them, I feel like, but also like more and more about like all Facebook community platforms, you know, Circle and Mighty Networks and um, Kajabi just completely revamped their community stuff. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And um, so that's all I meant, but I think it can absolutely work. And I, I was thinking you probably were doing the same thing. You probably had a Facebook group for this one because it works so well. And Facebook groups can still work really well when done when done the right way. You mentioned one of those things being the right way is is it like having it be part of your opt in, right? Does, so does that mean requesting an email address to join? Like, how are you doing that? Yeah. So so it's a private group, um, and then I ask for their email to join, and then I ask what it is that they are struggling with, or what kind of resources would they like to see. And so I'm getting their email and I'm also getting their pain points and what they would like to have. And so it's all just data. It's all just getting to know your people. And every now and then they, they'll skip their email address. I let them in anyway, if they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they'll be like, oh, well, don't put your email address in there. Add them in anyway. Um, just because I know that they're still impacted in the group, even though I don't get their email, I'll get it somewhere else in one of my freebies. Um, so. And do you use any sort of uh, tool, uh, tech tool to like automatically get that over to your email list or is it a manual process? I do it manually. If there is a tool, I would love to know it. I just do it kind of like every morning as I'm. There is, there's a tool. There's always a tool, Brittany. Well, tell me what's the tool? What's the tool? There's one, there's multiple ones that do it. There's one called group funnels that'll okay. do it. There's one, somebody was telling me about one recently that they use. So somebody was telling me that I was like, are you using group funnels? They were like, no, I'm using this. And I don't, I don't remember what it was. Maybe I can put it in the show notes, but I know group funnels is one that um, I think the way it works is it like, it'll, it'll automatically put them in a spreadsheet for you, like a Google sheet. And then you can connect Zapier to that, to get it to your, uh, to your email autoresponder. If, if something can be automated, I'm a big fan. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, I only get about five or six a day. And so I just copy paste into my email thing, which I know is embarrassing to say that I'm doing that, but I just wrote that down. So thank you. <laughs> I mean, as successful as you've been, you're, I think you're allowed to do just to, things the, just about <laughs> any way you want to at this point. So speaking of that, like, what is your, what does the photography education business look like today? Okay. So it looks a lot different today. Um, we, so we had all the courses, we had the membership, all the things, um, we hit seven figures 
2021. And from there, I took a huge step back um, just because I felt the Lord was calling me to ministry. And it was just a whole season of just like, what is going on? Um, We canceled the membership and we made sure all of our funnels were in place as far as um, YouTube and in the Facebook group, because that was where the majority of our um, opt-ins and the funnels were were coming from. Um, And so I am completely hands-off of the photography education side of my course creation business. Um, We are not making seven figures like we were in 2021 and but we are still making five figure months from all of the work in the funnels that we placed at the very very beginning and that is why it's so important and i'm sure you talk about <laughs> funnels in um your teaching and everything it's so important to have that set in so that if you need to pivot if you feel called to do something else, you can still serve your people and still make money um, through courses in that way. And so my new venture, like you were saying, I'm starting from the ground. I'm starting over. It's a really humbling <laughs> place to be, but I know it works. Um, and, I, and I believe in the course business. Um, I believe it's the only business that you should be doing. I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. I love the course business. And so that's why I'm replicating it into the new venture that I'm in right now. Why not? I, I didn't make you say that, by the way, you, it sounds like we're on the same page page with uh, courses. Um, why not try to sell the photography business? We actually had, <laughs> we actually had someone come to me offering a large sum of money for it. Just didn't feel right. Um, I'm not saying that we never will, but I I, I feel like because it, it was just such a personal brand, um, uh, it was just, it wasn't right. It wasn't maybe the right time or maybe it wasn't the right person, the right company. Um, and so, you know, right now, it, I mean, it is for sale. Someone is like, hey, I'll buy your business. But <laughs> it just wasn't right at the time. So at this point, it is, it, it sounds, I mean, I look at that. It sounds a lot like the way I look at piano in 21 days. And I, I take a more seasonal approach to where right now I'm doing almost nothing with it um, myself because that's just kind of the season I'm, of life I'm in at the moment. I'm completely focused on this podcast and my coaching clients and whatnot. But with the option to jump back in um, if I want to, uh, so it, my, mine just kind of, it kind of runs itself. I've got a very, very small lean team that help helps me do that. And, and allows me to not have to spend very much time on it. Um, teaching piano, which is not what I'm passionate about right now. Right. Are you, is it like for you is yours, like just fully automated or do you have a team running it? Don't have a team. Um, it's fully automated. Um, uh, we'll get, We'll get emails here and there. I can't find my password, you know, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is fully automated. I have no team. I'm a one man band right now. Um, at the time, don't think that I never had a team. At the time, yeah. I had five. 
I had five team members and my husband working full time. And, you know, that's a whole nother show for a whole nother day. But, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, that's amazing because it sounds like at this point, it's like true passive income. Like it's the whole mailbox money thing. And it's, it's like funding your, what you're currently passionate about this new venture, um, which is, which is really amazing. So does that mean like, what, what are some of the offers look like in your funnels with, with photography education? You're not promising any sort of interaction with people when they sign up? No. Um, the funnels, you know, are all through a um, webinar. So we have a webinar, we have an ebook, um, and we have a few uh, free mini courses that I call them. Um, and so they're pretty valuable opt-ins. And then the funnel is very short and sweet. It's more value, more value, more value. Here is our course. Um, and we kind of do it in a click far. Think you're a click funnels guy, right? It was not anymore. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> I've moved um, over to Kajabi. I came to oh, the, the dark good, side okay. yeah. uh, or to the to the light side, if you will. There yeah. you go. Um, it I don't do click funnels either anymore, but it's in the same concept how you know they wanted you to have a deadline and a deadline funnel and all these things. So like my deadline is um you know, in 50% off this course ends Friday, mm-hmm. um, which there's an, I don't actually have the deadline for, but it gives them a sense of urgency that Friday is here. And I need whoa, to buy- whoa, 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 whoa. Are you saying that if I sign up the next day, I'll still get 50% off? Uh-huh. Brittany, you're not using deadline funnel? Not anymore. Why not? Because it was, it was, I've found that they would buy it without deadline funnel. Okay. Because that doesn't take myself. away. I know. I'm telling on myself. Yeah, I know. Embarrassing. Don't. It, it, it doesn't take away from the automation in any way, right? Deadline Having deadline funnel in there doesn't create any more work for you. It just It's just an extra, you know, 50 bucks a month. Right. So you had it, you had it and you took it away. I had it and I took it away. Um, it right now it is me, myself and I with this little makeshift funnel and it's working. I'm not suggesting that everyone should listen to me, but you asked me the question. I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> I like it. No, I like, I like, I like the transparency. So yeah. the funnel, like, how many different offers do you have today? Because back when we were telling the origin story, it was like, okay, I created this course and then I created this course, then this course. Now we're hands off. Like, do you still have a bunch of courses available or do you just have one main offer? Okay. So we have one huge offer that encompasses all five courses, but they also can choose to pay for each individual course. Now, Mm. the one academy is significantly cheaper than if they would buy each course one by one by one. So that is their incentive for that. Um, but if they cannot afford that and they just want to get or dip their toe into how I teach or what my courses are about, they have that option. And I have found it's, it's about half and half, whether people go straight to the Academy or whether they just want one course. Mm -hmm. 
um, the price of the, the bundling them all. That's what you're calling the Academy that the pricing, what does the pricing look like with the 50% off? Um, so it is, um, late the, this last round of discount that we did since <laughs> I am really pivoting, um, is they can get the Academy for $48 a month for 12 months. And oh, so that's okay. 50% off. So typically it's $97 a month for 12 months. Um, and we did that for a couple years. And so right now they can get it for $48 a month for 12 months. And then going back, each individual course is around $297. So, I mean, it's a significant price decrease, kind of putting them into that um, academy because that gives me monthly income and it provides them with all the things that they need. And that's just a lot less emails that I have to do about, I can't find my password. How do I do this? Mm -hmm. What about this? So you're totally regretting inviting me on this show, aren't you? Not even a little bit. No, there's no, like everybody's got their own perspective. Uh Um, No, I love this. I would, I would, if you were like a coaching client, I would say, let's be true to our word. Now, Brittany, if we're saying with the discount's going to go away, let's make it actually go away. And you do that with, um, with deadline funnel. But other than that, no, it all sounds phenomenal. I love, if you have multiple courses, I love the model of making them all available. There's a full price, but then maybe within our funnel, we bundle those up and put together just an absolutely killer offer. That's got some urgency, some true urgency. Um, Uh, so 99.9%. I love. How do we edit love. this out? How do we not tell your students that I'm doing that? <laughs> I cannot we lie got- to you, Jacques. No, yeah, we got we got to be real. Um, uh, that's that's funny. The is but the 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 webinar font like I've just found your webinar registration page. Is are most people are most of your signups happening through the webinar funnel? I I think I get a lot more signups through our ebook. So free ebook Mm opt-in and then they get a series of value emails and are most of them coming because you're saying last chance to get the 50% off. I'm I'm, I'm assuming so Jacques, that is your hands off. You're that hands off. I'm that hands off. And that's, I think that that is, I think that's beautiful that I'm, you know, that, I mean, it has been almost a year since I've been hands off. I mean, that it's been that long, more than a year, more than a year since I've been hands off. Um, and so I have totally pivoted. I'm totally refocused. Um, and, but that again is why I believe in the, in the course business is because I'm able to continue to still impact people and fund my new passion, my new venture, um, feed my kids, pay my more, you know, it's, there's you no put other. in the work. You put in the work. Yeah, to, I did put in the work <laughs> to help people achieve a certain outcome, to very positively impact their lives. You put mm-hmm. in that work in the form of a course. Um, if you would have put in that work in the form of, say, one-on-one coaching, then you wouldn't be the same position you are today because mm-hmm. that is not that does not have the passive nature here. So it's mm-hmm. in courses, um, and I would venture to say that you know it sounds like about a year ago. You just, um, 
your passion for this business isn't what it once was, but you're still passionate about helping people. And you know that these courses do help people. And so you kind of maybe stripped out some of the, um, some of the bloat that may might've been there and tried to set it up in a way that was super simple as passive income as possible. And it worked. And you started being able to focus on this new venture while still collecting five figures a month from this thing. No, it maybe is not set up absolutely perfectly. Maybe there's a few tweaks that you could do that would double that income, totally. but your totally. heart's just not into it right now. It's not, yeah. And, and it's not, yeah. And I think that that is something that, um, I'm going to say this, the course business. I mean, that I feel like that, I don't even know if I've heard that term before until I heard you say it, but it's so true that the course business is for anyone in any niche. I am no longer passionate about photography. Um, I told you I felt called a ministry and I believe in the course business and the course model and how it impacts people. And so I am replicating that just with faith-based content because I believe in it. Um, the, the con the content changed, but the platform did not. That makes sense. It does. Yeah. I had somebody come to me uh, recently, uh, inquiring about like my coaching program and they were like, look, do, am I just going to learn how to make the course or am I going to learn how to do like marketing and all that? I was like, look, I teach you to set up a, an online course business, right? Not just the online course. And that's where most people fail is they just do the online course part. And um, we were talking about a uh, mutually um, liked restaurant between the two of us before we hit record. I think that was before we hit record, Raising Cane's, because we're uh, we're both basically from the same home t- hometown here where that restaurant started. Mm-hmm. And I like to look at it... Um, I don't know. Have you heard me make my analogy about raising canes uh, it, with the with the special sauce? Secret sauce. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you got to have your special sauce, and that's part of my special sauce for this brand. Is like, no, we're not just learning about an online course. It's the entire online course business, and which is which is the really powerful part, right? Yeah. You didn't just make a course; you made a business, and now it's serving in so many ways. It's serving you. It's serving your family. It's serving. All these beginner, you know, photographers, um, without, and you can just relax on the beach and pursue your other passions. Right. That's the That's dream right. Life. It was, I, and I love how you have that concept, the course business, because I don't think I've heard that anywhere else. Shock. It's my special sauce. You can't I, that's what it. I'm thinking. I'm like, man, this this dude knows what he's talking about. Have you have you tried to make cane sauce? Like you can't do it yourself. I it's all the time. I tried all the time. It's, it's not as good, right? That's good. That's good. Okay. I'm glad you agree. Um, it's, it's getting close to lunchtime. I'm getting kind of hungry. You have a Canes there where you live? No, we're going to make, we're going to buy a franchise and put it out here. All okay. right. So just to kind of wrap this up, we haven't gone into the new venture all that much. So just like, um, what type of person you're trying to help? What are you trying to help them do? And it sounds like courses are going to be part of this business. Like what kind of courses are you going to be rolling out? So very soon we're going to have a Bible study one-on-one course. Very simple. Um, the the new brand is going to be um, leadership for Christian women. Um, whether that is for their home, their family, their business, their ministry. Um, and so we are starting from the ground of our faith, and that's the Bible. And so it's Bible study one-on-one, how to study scripture. That's going to be rolling out. Um, we have 
retreats, sailor revival retreats, where it's kind of like church camp for women. Um, and that are th- those two are the only set in stone products that we have so far. And then obviously we're launching the podcast on Tuesday, January 31st. Um, and so that is the Brittany Bruce show because I had no other clever name for it. <laughs> um, so that is a leadership podcast for Christian women. And that's, that's kind of my focus right now. And that's where I'm feeling led. And, um, that's where God has me and I'm excited and I'm excited to utilize what worked and what didn't work in the photography education business and utilize it and put it into this. So we'll see what God does. Amazing. Well, congratulations on all the success. It's uh, it's been a while since we've we've caught up. So was, this was truly a pleasure. Uh, really, really inspirational. I know a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this episode. So thanks for joining me. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Another episode here in the books for all the links and show notes from today's episode. You should know where to go by now. It's oc.show slash 196 oc.show slash 196 if you want to check out any of Brittany's stuff you can check out some of her photography training some of the things that she's been doing here lately with the new venture and you can check out that new podcast Brittany Bruce show her website is Brittany Bruce Education com and don't forget about today's sponsor deadline funnel one of my favorite softwares in my software stack you can get a double free trial by going to deadlinefunnel.com slash ocg so like Brittany, maybe you're not using deadline funnel but maybe you should be well try it out try it out for yourself for a full month for free and see if maybe it's a, it's something you should be adding to your tech stack. Thank you so much for being here for another episode. Appreciate you very much and I'll see you next time.